This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Come the Maori and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber. I am a huge sports fan. I've lived and worked across the Pacific and my mother was an Ikiribas woman who hailed from the islands of Apeang and Marakei in Kiribas. Now, if you've been listening to this show over the last month, you'll know that I'll be joined by two co-hosts from across the Pacific. Each co-host will share the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is the news anchor for Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands. It's Elizabeth Osifalo. Hello, Elizabeth. Yes, hello. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back on the show. Wonderful to have you back. Welcome back. And my other co-host is coming to us from Bougainville. She is a producer and presenter for the National Broadcasting Corporation for PNG based in Bougainville. It's Lewis Ann Laris. Welcome, Lewis. Yes, uh, thank you, Bobby. It's a great opportunity to join you as a co-host in this uh, show. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm very excited to have you both here. Now, Elizabeth, uh, like we mentioned, you're back on the show. Uh, are people in the Solomons talking about anything other than the Pacific Games at the moment? Um, at the moment, now to be honest, uh, it's just the buzz of Pacific Games through and through right now. Um, the countdown is, you know, coming, we're cutting close to time. So I think the vibe and is everything is Pacific Games here on the ground in Honiara at the moment. Oh, I bet it is. And Lewis Ann, now you're the first co-host that we've had coming out of Bougainville. Uh, you were recently in Australia doing some media training. Uh, how was that experience for you? What were you up to? Thank you, Bobby. Yes, uh, it was a whole lot of uh, new experience for me. I was so excited when I was selected to be part of the Mojo training in uh, Brisbane. And actually, I've never been so serious about uh, sports reporting, especially uh, using the Mojo mobile journalism, but it's been a great uh, uh, learning experience for me. So it's been uh, uh, very easy going along with other participants as well. And the trainers were so wonderful and we were like uh, easy to connect with each other and it made learning more easier for me. Oh, it's wonderful to have both Lewis Ann and Elizabeth, who met in Brisbane for the FIFA Women's World Cup, both there on that program. So it's nice to bring you together for this program of Fresh Off the Field. Now, Elizabeth and Lewis Ann will cover sports in both the Solomons and Bougainville, PNG. Uh, we'll talk about who won the NRL Grand Final. If you've been living under a grass mat, we'll fill you in later. Uh, the Rugby World Cup continues in France. We'll hear about sports from across the entire Pacific region. And the last time Elizabeth was on the show, she told me that she met Sam Kerr. She lied. She absolutely lied to me. But it was all part of a fun segment that we do at the end of the show. So make sure you stick around for some laughs. But first, let's take a step back in time. Polynesian navigation of the Pacific Ocean began thousands of years ago. Pacific Islanders have been voyaging across huge areas of ocean water, sailing in double canoes and outriggers using nothing more than their knowledge of the stars and observations of the seas to guide them. This history is something that drew my next guest towards sailing from a young age. I asked Vi Ripley who introduced her to sailing at the age of eight. Yeah, um, my auntie Rama introduced me. She used to teach the sailing here at Moriobel and down at Kiriopo. Every weekend, she'd get on the truck and take her children and drive past our house and pick up me and my siblings. So, signing here, Samu. 
How many people did she pick up? Was it just family or whoever was putting their hand out on the streets in Samoa? Really, uh, just us, We were pretty much, because we were the ones with the hands out on the side of the road. And we'd all scramble downstairs. We'd hear a truck um, siding up from the back of the house. And so it'd echo down, and then we're like, oh, she's in the truck, everybody get downstairs, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> so it'd be me and my two brothers and my sister, and we'll all be sitting in, and she'd drive past in her highlights Toyota with my other four cousins. I'll on the truck and drive down. Now, you were just eight years old. Were you scared when you were out there in the open water? Absolutely. It was terrifying. Everything is like 10 times larger when you're eight. Yeah. Oh, the water is deeper, scarier, darker. Oh, the boats are huge and heavy. And no, I'm here as an adult. I look at the water and they're like, why was I so afraid? <laughs> uh, you've said that sailing is a link to my ancestors. What do you mean by that? Yeah, we've had this traditional knowledge from that's always been here in the islands. Um, that the highway, that the, the Pacific Ocean is our highway. Is our main means of transport. You know, we take up one third of the the world, the Pacific Ocean. Um, voyaging has always been known. There's, there's thousands of years of knowledge here. This is part of our DNA, part of our ancestry. And so, whenever I've I've been introduced to this sport, I always feel that link to history, to our ancestors, always take that connection with me. It's not only just a sport, but it's always a connection to who I am and who we are as as islanders and how the ocean connects all of us. Mm-hmm. Vi, last month you competed in the Sailing World Champs in the Netherlands. How was that experience? Oh, the Netherlands is amazing. It's another world up there. It's um, the North Sea. It was quite cold. The weather was warm, though. I was very fortunate with sunny weather. Um, however, the ocean was a lot colder, and we got all types of conditions. So I'm very grateful that I was able to sail in Sydney beforehand and have that sort of experience to prep me for northern hemisphere environment. But uh, it was crazy. I was able to fly the Samoan flag there. <laughs> I, I was our flag ambassadors myself and another male sailor, Ernie Rebu. So we both grew up sailing Kia and Salo and as kids. And now to compete in the World Cup as adults, it was a really special, special time together. So I'm really blessed with that. Ernie um, represented us at the 2020 Olympics, and that's who my ball would like to also get to an Olympic level. Oh, wow. Were there many other Pacific Islanders there in the Netherlands, or was it just a, just you two? Oh, it was us two, and then we also went with two Fijian girls, um, Nella and Sophia. We also competed in the 2019 Pacific Games against Sophia and Nella, so they are also on the same campaign. We were all sponsored by World Sailing's Emerging Nations program to encourage more uh, small islands to participate on the World Cup. So that was our Pacific contingent, and at the opening, we found a Tonya and a kiteboard surfer. So that was pretty cool. So we'll gather and have a nice Pacific Island contingent. I love it. Group, group, group around the flags. <sighs> I love it. On the other side of the world, you're just drawn when you see other Pacific Islanders. Does it just kind of make you feel at home away from home? Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're in um, such a crazy, competitive, highly pressured environment. And have a support team, even though we're competing against each other, the girls from Fiji. At the end of the day, we still come together, share a meal, um, especially to when everything is, yeah, there's just so much more crazy out there at the World Cup. Everything's one tense. 
and um, to have someone there to buddy off and we're always like after we de-rig our boat we're always waiting for each other and then once everyone's finished we'll walk back together we'll buddy up and just make sure everyone's got their gear so that's it's massive to have that kind of support i know my first world cup experience i was there pretty much on my own and then to be able to share this experience with other pacific islanders was, was a massive help and, and also just want to shout out to the World Sailing's Emerging Nations program because they brought other nations together. So it wasn't only Samoa, Fiji, but it was also Uruguay, um, Slovakia, Mozambique, other nations who were also trying to break into the sailing sport. This will be your third Pacific Games that you've competed in, Vi. Is there anything that you've done differently in preparations other than, you know, take parting, taking part in a World Cup? Has there been anything else that you've done to prepare differently this time around? Yeah, my preparation this time around as an adult, I've taken a more of a professional approach and I've done this with a lot of support around me. Um, I'm always trying to glean knowledge from master sailors, so I was able to sail in Sydney and have a really good support network there with club sailors that have been to so many world championships. Um, so I didn't have that access beforehand to sail with world champions or to, to buddy up with people who have a lot of knowledge in this area. Mm. So I think that was different this time around my experience in Australia to sail them, whereas before I was only sailing and training in Samoa. So I guess that's my overseas experience is coming to Australia and sailing. Yeah. And you're in Samoa at the moment. What are what are you up to there now? I am. I'm I'm here at the moment. I'm taking making the most of a coach that Samoa Sailing Association were able to um were able to contract. So he's here with his wife and they wanted to get back to the island. Um Vincent and Christina, they're from Poland. And since also Indian, he represented India at an Olympic Games. Second is here, uh, wanting to train up our team. He was back, he came here in 2019, and he's come back now to try and, and help us with the Solomon Island Games. So I've come back as well to make the most of his expertise. Wonderful. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, the Olympic Games. What would it mean to have Samoa qualify for an Olympic Games? Oh, it's massive, Bobby. We don't have, um, we've haven't had a female represent sailing in the Olympic Games level as of yet. Aroni was our first male, and it's part of us as well. Like sailing is, is our oldest means of transport, like our oldest means of trade. And so I feel like it would mean a lot to fly the Samuel flag at the highest level, which I believe is the Olympic Games. And it was really tough for me. Like my time in in hard was really rough, and so I had to come up sixteen to qualify the country, which sadly I wasn't. But I was able to achieve little goals along the way, and um, there'll be other attempts to try and qualify for the Paris Games. And if it's not the Paris Games, I'll be trying to perhaps aiming for the next games. Well, you've competed at a, at a World Cup, a sailing World Cup, and you're continuing to do Samoa proud. Hopefully we can see you representing Samoa at an Olympic Games. Uh, Vi, thank you so much for your time and all the best. Enjoy your time in Samoa. Absolutely, Bobby. Yeah, take care as well. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. ABC Radio Australia. Fresh off the field. Feel the power of Pacific sports. 
fun fact, that voiceover is Vi Ripley. Look at her, she's everywhere. Uh, now, each week, my co-hosts and I will do some serious reporting on sports from across the Pacific. But before we get to that, we like to have a little bit of fun. Coconut Wireless. And there she is again. The Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Now, you might have heard someone talking about this whilst you were fishing or perhaps your neighbours with the national rugby coach and you overheard something that you shouldn't have. We want to know what you heard. It's not fact. It's not backed up. But these are just rumours that are happening around sport and in your country. We're going to kick it off with you, Elizabeth, in the Solomons. I'm sure there's lots of people talking on the Coconut Wireless. What have you heard? Well, currently now on the Coconut Wireless, you know, like in the Solomon Islands, we um, we are stock a crazy country. And also we love our futsal um, team, Kurukuru, the Coconut Wireless. Now we've got a really, really big, important match, which is happening. Um, Solomon Islands will be taking on New Zealand. But the rumours that we've heard on the Coconut Wireless is uh, a lot of people don't really, really... Uh, like the current coach, the performance has dropped below expectation. Uh-huh. And so um, the Coconut Wireless is saying that um, the coach should be replaced with a local coach. When we had our local coach, the team was unbeatable in the Oceania region. And as soon as we had a replacement from an overseas coach, the team's performance did not keep up to what was expected of. So um, we never know. The current OFC Futsal uh, Championship going on now for the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Solomon Islands uh, had a draw with both Mipaldona and Tahiti. We're looking forward to the match, but the Coconut Wireless is. They need to replace the coach. Oh, there you have it. Harsh but fair, perhaps. I mean, if the local coach was doing the job and now probably paying the big bucks for the international coach and... Not keeping up to their name. That's interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what the outcome is like for this World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the results there. Thank you, Elizabeth. And Lewis Ann, what is some rumours that you have heard on the Coconut Wireless uh, in Bougainville and PNG? We have this uh, Papua New Guinea men's uh, football team who are expected to leave for New Caledonia this week uh, to defend their Melanesian spearhead group. Uh, Prime Minister's Cup title in the 2023 um, edition starts uh, Sunday. So a 20-man squad was announced by our sports minister in uh, PNG. Um, the minister, Don Polier on Sunday and called into camp under head coach Harrison Kamake to train this week. Um, before they leave for Nomia for the week-long tournament. So the team, the couples, will use the uh, tournament as part of their preparations for the past three games. And the head coach, Mr. Kamake, says he believes in the team and they, uh, as they did it last year and won the cup and believes they can do it again this year. So Mr. Polier... Um, a squad said he was impressed with the core of the team comprising of experienced and skilled upcoming young players. So he also added PNG Football Association has um, had its share of issues in recent times and hopes uh, this team will go and erase some bad image because uh, this is a regional government initiative. The PNG Sports Foundation is in charge uh, while the name of the players were also recommended by the PNG FA. So on um, behalf of the Prime Minister and the people of uh, P- uh, Papua New Guinea, 
they wish the squad all the best in this uh, tournament. Yeah, well, it's interesting how a good performance on the field can help erase some of the bad stuff that is happening off the field. We're seeing that uh, with the flying Fijians in the Rugby World Cup at the moment as well. So that's wonderful. Uh, Thank you both, Elizabeth and Lewis Ann. That was... Coconuts Wireless. All right, we've had some fun talking about rumours. Now it's time for some serious stuff. Uh, Elizabeth, what's been happening in sport in the Solomons? Um, there's a lot going on in sports, especially, um, I must say, uh, preparing for the Pacific Games next month. But uh, one of uh, the highlights which uh, on the ground here in Solomon Islands we're looking forward to is an international friendly test match with women's football. So currently the Women's Premier Football League has just uh, wrapped up and we are looking forward to an international friendly test match, which is a sanctioned match as well for women's football in Oceania, which will determine a ranking. Uh, that's against Solomon Islands and Vanuatu. So we'll be having the women's Vanuatu team coming to Solomon Islands and Honiara. And uh, this would be the first match or international match that will be played here at our very brand new stadium here in Maniara. So, and the first international match would be a women's football match. And that would be the sort of the groundbreaking of the turf. And that's happening um, at the end of this month. Ah. That is wonderful news, isn't it? Firstly, that it's going to be uh, an officially sanctioned match and it's going to go down in history. The first match that was played in that stadium was a women's football match. I absolutely love it. What else do you have, Elizabeth? And uh, also, I think the um, we're looking forward to the, of, of course, uh, Louisiana spoke a little bit about that. Um, it was a very last-minute uh, travel arrangement. It was said that uh, our national... Um, football men's team at the very last minute was about to cancel their participation at the MSG Cup. But somehow at the last minute, the team took off to Vanuatu and then to Numea for the competition. And uh, we're looking forward to that. That is a build-up towards um, the game. So both of our national teams currently now um, have a really good lineup for a build-up towards the Pacific Games. And in terms of football and soccer, um, no doubt the Solomon Islands, both men's and women's national team, are eyeing for the gold here on home soil. Oh, that's wonderful. Lots happening in the Solomons. Uh, and who did you have a chance to catch up with this week? Well, yes, uh, this week it was uh, a wrap-up in the awards um, night and presentation for women's football. And I managed to catch up with the Solomon Islands national captain, Eileen Peggy, during the presentation night, um, which she will be captaining the Solomon Islands uh, football side in preparations for the friendly test match against Vanuatu coming up on the 26th of this month. Eileen Peggy, looking forward to the friendly test match. How is the preparation coming along? Uh, the preparation is um, looking very good um, for the past uh, months that we've been together training. Um, and this test match for quarters friendly, um, we don't have a uh, friendly, international friendly, and this is a good good start uh, for us, our national women's team in uh, Solomon Islands. There, so we're looking forward to it. 
And we have the Pacific Games also coming up, which are preparations are also gearing up towards that. Um, progressing now, I think the card test match would be a very, very good opportunity for the national team. So what does this event or this test match mean for you, as this will also be at one of the very first international matches after a long time for women in football in Solomon Island? Um, actually, this is a history for us um, uh, as women. Uh, to be able to play in this uh, new stadium that they're uh, preparing for the SBG um, and combined uh, to the new and old players, I think this test match is uh, a good test for us to uh, work on our weaknesses and strengths um, as combination for the new and the old uh, players. So um, I believe uh, this will be a great um opportunity for us uh, and yeah um, we're looking forward to it and hopefully we do our best now, out there yeah um here the national team has made really uh good progress uh the qualifiers and some of the tournaments that uh, the national team has participated in with your progression what are some of the strengths and weaknesses that uh, the national team is looking forward to fine-tuning and polishing out before the game uh, right now we have a mixed combination of new and old players so uh, due to the recently OFC qualified back in Fiji uh, we have some injury players so uh, we have new increased players uh, much more younger uh, and first time in uh, competition so uh, this friendly test heart, um it will build up our team chemistry of um, the combination as a team so this um, test is going to be a lot for us. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, yeah, the case is an improvement for us uh, to polish some, some few things that we need to polish for, for our national women's team. And just um, by your feeling, uh, now that the women's team, you've been, you played a very crucial part in the team and playing in front of the home crowd. Um, one thing like, what, what's the feeling going through your mind right now? Oh, um, I don't know, it's more pressure and burden and, and I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm also happy and excited um, for like, you know, going out and playing in other countries. You don't have the support that, you know, usually get here in Solomon. So um, I think that the waters here will boost up, boost up our, you know, like supporting us and all that stuff. So we have so like confidence in our own as well. So yes, I'm I'm happy, yeah, and excited, and I'm looking forward for the tournament, yes. And uh, the Pacific Games, having the advantage of having the phone crowd behind you, um, do you think that that's a plus for your team? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be a, um, I don't know, yeah, like I said, <laughs> it will be a, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think that finally, um, what would you like to say to all the supporters, um, especially around the country, especially in Taliban Island, um, gearing up for this test match as a build-up? Would you like to ask a bit this to your supporters, your fans who are anticipating this match? Um, oh, uh, yes, uh, definitely. Um, uh, I would call out to the fans, uh, Solomon, our citizens here and the fans, um, to come out and support us, um, our women's team. 
that we will be having the friendly against our chess match with uh, Vanuatu. So, yeah, please come out and support us uh, here um, in the new stadium. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ivan Peggy, captain of the Solomon Islands Party, the women's football team, and all the very best in preparation. And we'll see you at the test match. Thank you. Oh, what a wonderful interview you had there, Elizabeth. Eileen Peggy, the captain of the Solomon Islands football team, who are going to be playing their first historical match at the new stadium. Oh, I just love that that is going to go down in history. Uh, and, of course, playing in front of a home crowd, you will have such a high with that support. So good luck to Vanuatu. It's going to be tough, though, playing against the Solomon Islands, as we said, uh, on the, in the new stadium in front of a home crowd. Uh, thanks for that, Elizabeth. Uh, Lewis Ann, what's been happening in sport in Bougainville and Papua New Guinea? Yes, um, in Bougainville, especially the autonomous region of Bougainville, is one of the provinces hosting the National uh, Soccer League uh, Conference for women's uh, competition. So, this level of uh, competition gives the opportunity for rural clubs to participate in football as a pathway to be scouted by um, professional clubs in the country of Papua New Guinea, but uh, at higher level. So um, the conference in Bougainville has concluded its final rounds of games over the weekend at uh, Bonus Field in the capital of uh, Bougainville in Boca. So this was a tough challenge for the two top women's uh, teams, Kira FC and North Bougainville FC, who battled to secure top placing and to play against other winning teams in the country. So after full time, both teams were on three all and extra time was given without scoring goals resulting in penalty kicks. So the North Bougainville FC won um, eight to six after the penalty kicks. So the North Bougainville now qualifies to travel to the capital city of uh, Port Mosby, representing Bougainville at the finals. So other games were also played in Lay City between FC Morobe Women's and Lay City Dwellers and also in Mount Hagen. So North Bougainville is uh, planning to travel to Port Mosby on the 12th of this month, October, to play off in the first uh, semi-finals against the Hakari United FC. So the winner will go straight into the grand final, while the loser will play off for third and fourth placing. So North Bougainville's FC, most, uh, most players are new compared to Hakari FC, having 11 national players in their lineup. So I was uh, able to talk to the coordinator uh, of the National Soccer League here in Bougainville, uh, who will tell us more about this uh, exciting National Women's uh, League competition conference, uh, which is being played in provinces of uh, Papua New Guinea. The National Soccer League is played in the four regions of Papua New Guinea, NGI region, Northern region, Highlands region, and Southern region. Southern region covers the Papuan provinces, Islands, the islands of provinces, and northern region covers the Momase or Medang-Sipik uh, region provinces, and uh, ONC-8 covers uh, New Guinea Islands provinces, uh, mainly Bougainville and uh, West New Britain. So in Bougainville, how many teams are participating in this uh, eastern zone, right? In Bougainville, Bougainville is known as the New Guinea Islands eastern zone or Eastern Conference, and there are six teams that are, are playing in this year's uh, National Soccer League, Women's National Soccer League. The first one was last year, and this is the second time that the women 
uh, taking part in this uh, soccer league. So uh, what opportunities are there for women under this uh, National Soccer League? For women uh, who are playing in the National Soccer League, it's uh, for Bougainville especially, it's, uh, it provides a pathway for them to to join other professional clubs, especially in Port Mosby and Lee, uh, who, who are paid to play uh, in this uh, level of football. For Bougainville, the six teams, uh, they just play for the, to keep the women fit and also for opportunities for them to go out and play in other provinces. Uh, for example, last year, six women from Bougainville uh, went and played, uh, were recruited by teams from Port Mosby, and they went and played in Port Mosby. Out of the six, two of them were selected for the PNC national team, so this is a good record for, for Bougainville. And for the two teams that are, for the team that's going to Port Mosby to play in the semifinals in the coming weeks, uh, this also provides uh, an opportunity for the best players in the team to be scouted by these uh, teams in Port Mosby and Lee. So now they are being paid for playing? Yes, for the women that that uh, were recruited last year, they are paid uh, fortnightly to train and play for the clubs in Port Mosby. For those that are still in school, the clubs uh, that uh, recruit them also look at uh, letting them continue their education while they are playing for their club. Right, uh, Mr. Haputo, can you tell us about the last match uh, we had over the weekend? I believe it's the top two teams uh, in Bougainville who played off uh, to see who was going to play in uh, Port Mos. Yes, over the weekend on Saturday, the two top teams in Bougainville, uh, North Bougainville Football Club and Kerala Football Club played in the quarterfinals to select a winner to represent uh, Bougainville in the uh, semifinals. And the game ended up uh, with a draw, 3 all, And uh, it was a very uh, good match to watch. Any team could have won the game. It ended up with a draw and then... They played in extra time. They were still locked at three also. They had to go for penalties without. And in the end, it was not Bougainville that scored uh, five penalty kicks. And for Kerry, it was just three goals that went in. So not Bougainville is the team that will represent Bougainville in the semifinals. What this means if, is if they go and play the game in Port Mosby and they win, they will definitely go for the grand final to play for the first and second place and if they lose then they will play for the then fourth position uh if they win in their playoff for the first and second that means they would represent Papua New Guinea in the Ocean championship uh, club championships next year and as uh as of next year it will be two teams the first and second team that will represent Papua New Guinea they say it was only one team which was Hekari that uh, represents uh, Papua New Guinea but I think next year they have expanded that number, so the second place is also eligible to play. So how exciting is the National Soccer League for uh, women? Because it's the only opportunity where women are given uh, to play uh, football. For Bougainville, I think it's very exciting because the teams are made of uh, women from the villages. And these women uh, spend most of their afternoons playing football and it's exciting for them because for some of them, it will be the first time they will fly on a plane to Port Mosby. And if they w- win or if they win or come second in Port Mosby, it will be the first time for them to 
players of uh, Papua New Guinea to another country to play football. Uh, this opportunity is not coming uh, easily to such women in the village. And speaking to them at the end of the game on Saturday, they were very excited uh, because it's an opportunity that comes once in a while. And for them, just by playing football, they are able to to uh, travel out of Bougainville. So the next uh, NSL or the National Soccer League will be for men. And when will that uh, be? For men, uh, they do not have any uh, uh, competition this year because they they have now moved up the, uh, to the next level of football and that is through the National Premier League competition. Uh, for the National Premier League competition, teams are from each province and not from within. They are not playing within the province, but they play out to other provinces to play other teams from those provinces and it comprises the best players from each province that form a club and they play at that level and from what I know next year they might go another level up again so we might be having an senior championship league where each country in the Pacific will have its own team professional team to play football and what the women they will certainly follow the same path that the men are following. So that's another ex- exciting chapter for the women to look forward to. I think that's all we have with the coordinator of the National Soccer League, Mr. David Haputo, here in Bougainville. There we have it. I, I love hearing about the pathways for all the players that are playing in Bougainville. Being able to go into Port Moresby and then play in those finals, be noticed. And then, as he's said there, David Hupotu, uh, some of them being selected for the national team as well. So not only that, they can also get contracts to be paid players in Port Moresby. So wonderful to hear that it doesn't matter where you live uh, in Papua New Guinea, if you're playing in these tournaments, uh, you also have the opportunity for like like everyone else in Papua New Guinea. Uh, thank you very much for that, Lewis Ann. That was a wonderful interview. And thank you, Elizabeth, for both of those local sports reports. Now, there is plenty happening in sports across the Pacific. Of course, the Rugby World Cup. We have got one more round of matches before we do hit the quarterfinals. Tonga. Tonga lost to South Africa 49-18 earlier this week. Uh, Tonga will take on Romania. Tonga are ranked 15th. Romania are ranked 19th. It's their last game. Neither team has had a win of their three games, so they'll both be looking to have a win to finish off the tournament on a high. Uh, no doubt the loss of Via Fafita due to suspension didn't help the Tongan team, but they will be looking to get the win in this last game. Uh, both will be fighting very hard for that. Uh, Manu Samoa have won one game against Chile in their first round, but have lost their last two games to Argentina and Japan. Their last game will be a tough one coming up against England, who are ranked sixth in the world. So, look, some of my Samoan work colleagues uh, have given up on Manu Samoa in the Rugby World Cup, and they're jumping on the flying Fijian bandwagon for the rest of the um, the World Cup. I think most Pacific Islanders will now be cheering for Fiji, just knowing that they still have a chance to go through to the quarterfinals. Um, Elizabeth, uh, are you cheering for anyone specifically in the World Cup? Have you jumped on the Fijian bandwagon? Oh, yes. Um, I think um, for most Solomon Islanders uh, and also a lot of uh, rugby supporters, you know, when it's the World Cup and you have all your Pacific Island countries, but then as the time goes, probably everybody is jumping on the flying Fijians. 
Uh, but I've been a very big supporter. Don't mean to be biased, but I was flying Fijians a long time ago. Oh, of so, course. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we are behind Fiji and we are for the best. Yeah, Represent. definitely. <laughs> Represent indeed. <laughs> Fiji are currently sitting third on their table of Pool C, but the Wallabies, um, who are equal third, have played one more game than Fiji in that pool. Uh, Fiji will cup up against Portugal, who are ranked 16th. Now, the Wallabies defeated Portugal 34-14, so we're all hoping that Fiji can win and then make it through to the quarterfinals and they will be representing the entire Pacific region with Samoa and Tonga. Not likely. Well, I think they're not able to make it through to the quarterfinals, so we are all jumping on on that bandwagon. Uh, in some more serious news, though, uh, rugby star from the Flying Fijians, Josua Tuosova, uh, he missed his child's funeral as he remained in France to represent his country in the Rugby World Cup. Tuisova's seven-year-old son, Tito, sadly passed away after a prolonged battle with a debilitating illness uh, at a hospital in Lautoka. So uh, no doubt the Flying Fijis will be playing for their country, but they will certainly have Tito in their thoughts as well. So, yeah, Flying Fijians, they are the ones that we are watching in the Rugby World Cup. There's still one more round to go. So as I mentioned, Samoa, they've got a tough one up against England. But Tonga, can they bring it home against Romania? I hope so. Uh, Now, we've got lots happening in sport across the Pacific. Elizabeth, what's happening in New Caledonia? New Caledonia, we have our Melanesian Speed Group, our Prime Minister's Cup, which is taking place. Um, So that's one of the highlights, the football highlights in the Pacific. And, um, of course, at the very last minute, Solomon Island has um, managed to take off at the very last minute to participate. And also we've got, uh, we were talking about Fiji uh, in the World Cup. Fiji has also booked a spot uh, to the semifinals. Uh, just edging off uh, Vanuatu, beating Vanuatu two calls to one. So Fiji will be up again at uh, New Caledonia. Uh, that's in the semifinals for the World Cup qualifiers. And um, it's the heavyweight match and that we're making on Solomon Islands, which the whole country is waiting for the results of that game. <sighs> so it is all happening there in New Caledonia as well. And Lewis Ann, what's happening with Guam's basketball preparations? Organizers have uh, confirmed that eight team lineups for the basketball tournament at this year's uh, Pacific Games in the Solomon Islands. Uh, where the men's team for Guam will bid for a third consecutive gold medal. So it is said that um, Guam has uh, previously reached five Pacific Games basketball finals, but until their success, uh, that would most be in 2015 and Samoa in 2019, they had uh, never won gold. So for the 2023 Games, uh, due to take place in Honiara, between November 19th and December 2nd, they will be joined by the Guam women's team. So basketball culture is very strong in Guam and hopefully these teams will do their best to inspire their um, communities. So Guam's men seen their birth at Solomon Islands 2023 by winning the International Basketball Federation Micronesian Cup. And the FIBA Melanesian Cup Women's New Caledonia also qualify along with uh, silver medalist uh, PNG and Tahiti take their place in the final eight after victory in the FIBA Polynesian Cup alongside Tonga, the silver medalist. 
So the lineup is being completed by the Solomon Islands as host nation and wildcard goes to Fiji and Samoa. So Guam believe the FIBA events and the Pacific Games uh, provide a valuable pathway for basketball to thrive across all senior, inspiring the next generation of uh, basketball. Yeah, we had Fanavuli Vuli from Fiji talking to Basketball Fiji and they said a similar thing, that, you know, Guam is the team to beat. I think everyone knows that throughout the Pacific, so uh, good to hear of the preparations happening there. No doubt they will be the team to beat uh, in both the men's and the women's. Thanks, Lewis-Ann. And the NRL and NRLW Grand Final, it happened over the weekend. It was very busy here in Australia. We had the AFL Grand Final happen as well. Uh, But the Pacific Islands, I think we're more concerned about the NRL. NRL just quietly. Uh, the Newcastle Knights have won back-to-back premierships in the NRLW. They defeated the Gold Coast Titans 24-18. And to think, so the Newcastle Knights, they didn't win a game in their first season of the NRLW, but they're certainly, well, going back-to-back, one of the strongest teams going around. Uh, the Knights came from behind with their match winner, Tamika Upton, who was absolutely cleaned out up this season. Uh, Upton won the Women's Dally M medal. She's an NRL Premiership player and the Karen Murphy medal for the best on ground in a grand final. I guess when you're on fire, you are on fire. Uh, and after that, they had the NRL grand final. Of course, the Penrith Panthers have won their third consecutive grand final. The first team to do so since the Eels, who won from 1981 to 1983. So they are very dominant in this generation. If you're a Brisbane Broncos fan... Oh, you will be devastated by that loss. They got away with that one. What a comeback by the Panthers, who were down 24-8 midway through the second half. I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you were a Broncos fan and you were sitting there cracking open the champagne, thinking you were going to win the game. But Nathan Cleary said, hell no, give me the ball. He set up two tries and then scored one of his own in the dying minutes to give the Panthers the lead. Uh, Of course, Nathan Cleary was awarded the Clive Churchill Medal for his stunning performance. Uh, He said after the game that he didn't think he played that well. He just had a couple of good spurts. But I tell you, he he did the job and the Penrith Panthers are absolutely thrilled to get their three in a row. And of course, his dad coaching the Penrith Panthers there as well. What a family. Uh, Elizabeth, we've got more things happening. Of course, the Pacific Games, what is happening in the Solomons leading in? I think, first of all, um, in terms of preparations uh, for those, um, our uh, athletes and also supporters who will be will be hosting in Honiara, um, infrastructure-wise, the uh, water park, the water sports park is up and running now. We've also got uh, some technical delegates who have checked the football, the brand new football facility, which is going good. Um, preparations are well underway at this point in time. The Games Village, the Games Venues, uh, the accommodation for athletes. Um, so, yeah, I think there's just a few loose ends uh, to tie and then now uh, we're good to go. So in terms of preparations, we're looking forward to hosting um, one of the biggest uh, sporting events in the Pacific uh, next year. So um, all the venues are up and running. We've got a, as we talked about earlier on the program, a series of international matches um, happening at the stadium. And also we've got a really big athletic championship, which will be happening also during the end of this month as well. So we've got our local athletes flying in who have been training overseas. Uh, will be back in the country uh, so that the national championships for athletics will also see a good number 
of um, our sprinters, mid-runners and long-distance runners who also have a test of uh, the running track, which is a really big deal for us um, here as this would be the first of our, like, a really uh, professional running track that I think I've been able to train in. So, yeah, um, lots going on. That's the vibe and the buzz. It's all about the Pacific Games and um, the counting down is on. We're at the 40-day mark at this point in time. And um, all the preparations are going good with the opening ceremony and that we, all the choreography and all the setup, um, it's going up. So we hope we'll be able to host a really good Pacific Games next month. Oh, I cannot wait. 40 days. It is sneaking up on us and I cannot wait. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, Lewis Ann, speaking of the PAC Games, there's been some funding that's been allocated to some of the PNG teams. Sure, Bobby. Funding allocated for Team PNG. Uh, you know, all the sports youngsters are gearing up for the Pacific Games, which is, uh, let's uh, say, it's just around the corner. And there are rumours that uh, funding allocated for uh, Team PNG to the 2023 Pacific Games, including the players' levy fees, is now the much uh, talked about topic in the sporting fraternity. So just last Friday, we had the Minister for Sports uh, came out saying the Department of uh, Treasury is uh, yet to release funds while the Prime Minister James Marape has come out questioning what the levy fee is earmarked for. So despite not getting the proposed amount, PNG is still sending a team to compete in the games in Honiara. So Minister also said they are scraping by within their reach to provide a team with the support they need uh, in terms of uh, transport and such. So Minister Polia, who is the minister, is confident that the funds will be released uh, soon so that the athletes are sent across. And there are other rumors going around that the PNG Boxing Union, including a few other sports being pulled out of the Pacific Games due to levy fee charges. But according to Minister Polia, all sports codes are to go and that includes boxing as well. You know, these are rumours going around, but uh, the sports minister says he will ensure that all sporting codes in PNG are going to be uh, sent to the Pacific Games in Honiara. Oh, there we have it. So there is, uh, there's lots going on. Everyone is just preparing for the Pacific Games across the entire Pacific. Uh, and I did mention that the NRL and NRLW seasons are over, but it doesn't mean that league is over because the Pacific Championships kick off on the weekend of the 14th and 15th of October. Uh, games will be happening in Port Moresby on the 15th of October. In the men's, we'll have Papua New Guinea taking on the Cook Islands and in the women's, Samoa will take on Fiji, hopefully the Samoan team. A little bit more successful than Manu Samoa at the moment in the Rugby World Cup. Now, the tournament will go for one month over four weekends with six games being played in Port Moresby. So we love to see it. All of these games continuing on after the NRL and NRLW seasons are finished. And not only that, we're seeing it in the Pacific. So hopefully this is something that we will see for many years to come and we can see all of these players from different countries competing in the Pacific Islands. Now, most of the teams have been announced uh, and you can see the full list of players on NRL.com. All games will be broadcast on ABC Radio Australia. So no matter where you are in the Pacific, you can tune in and you can hear all of those games. So that will be wonderful. 
Looking forward to some more rugby, whether it's the Rugby World Cup in France or Rugby League happening at the Pacific Championships all across Australia, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Uh, thanks very much, Elizabeth and Louis Ann. I love hearing about all the sport that is happening across the Pacific, especially in the countries where you're reporting from. So wonderful to hear a lot of that sports news from Bougainville for the first time. All right. Well, you've been listening to my co-host and I for a little while now, and we've told you all about sports, but we haven't told you much about ourselves. It's time for our next segment. Giamman Stapwe is talk pissing for pick the lie. So I'll ask each of you to tell me truth, true things about yourself and one lie, and the rest of us will have to guess what the lie is. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Elizabeth is a fantastic liar, and she got me last time. I did believe that she met Sam Kerr while she was in Australia uh, with Lewis Ann. So um, I'm interested to hear what things you have to tell us. Elizabeth, we're going to start with you. You can tell us three things about yourself, and then Lewis Ann and I are going to try and pick the lie. All right. Okay, the first one, I started off my career in the media industry in radio. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have worked with the law enforcement at some point in my career. Mm. And I speak fluent Mandarin. All right. I love it. Okay, so these are the three. You started your career working in radio. You have worked in law enforcement. Can I ask what, what were you doing in law enforcement? Um, some, what should I say? <laughs> Some community work, okay. Uh, and you can speak Mandarin, all right. Uh, Louis Ann, what do you think the lie is? I think it's the last one. Uh, I think she doesn't know how to speak Mandarin. <laughs> doesn't know how to speak Mandarin. Um, I am going to go with the law enforcement because I feel like I trapped you there by asking you a question, which we haven't done in the past. I just didn't want to lose again. All right, Elizabeth, what is the lie? Oh, Louisiane got it right. I don't speak fluent Mandarin. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do that deliberately with with my question? Because if I said the answer, you would would know that it was true. God, well done. I was hoping you were going to speak some Mandarin for us then, but you can't because you're a liar. All right, well done. Well done, Elizabeth. You got me again. Uh, Lewis Ann, it's your turn. I want to hear three things about you. Two will be true, one will be a lie. Okay, the first one is I work as a radio presenter and producer. I am 37 years old and my date of birth is 16 September 1975. Okay, <laughs> you're expecting us to do maths on the fly here. So the first one is you're a radio producer and presenter. Next one is you're 37 years old. And then the last one is your birthday is on the 16th, I think it was September, 1975. Uh, Elizabeth, what is the lie? Um, your birth, the last one. The last one, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with the last one as well, only because I can't do the math, but I am older than you and I was born after that. So uh, yeah. tell us, <laughs> Louis Ann, what's the lie? Yes, uh, you're both right. 16th September, <laughs> I would be much older than that date. <laughs> oh, yes, you would. All right, well, we got that one. Now it is my turn. Um, see how we go with this one. Now, 
I played a lot of sports when I was growing up. These are sports that I played at the highest state level in Victoria, Australia. First one, 10 pin bowling. Number two, cricket. And number three, wrestling. Wrestling. (laughs) All right, so which one of those three did I not play at the highest level in Victoria? Tempin bowling, cricket or wrestling? Elizabeth, what do you think is the lie? Oh, it has to be between the first and the last because mm-hmm. I know you play cricket. Um, oh, wrestling. Wrestling. Okay, you're going to lock in wrestling. Um, how about you, Lewis Ann? What, what do you think? Attempting bowling, cricket, or wrestling? I'll go straight for the wrestling one. <laughs> I think you're going to have a sports. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wrestle with my brothers a lot growing up, but no, I did not play at the highest state level. I was temping bowling, I was cricket, but not in wrestling. Well done. You both got it right. Congratulations. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, you are still the best liar that I've had on the show so far. Congratulations. Oh, and look, that does bring I us to the you every time. You do, you do <laughs> get me every time, and you know what? I love it. I can't wait until you come on the show again, and I promise you, I will get it next time. Um, <laughs> that does bring us to the end of the show for this week. A big thank you to my co-host Elizabeth Osifalo, news anchor for Tavuli News. Thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much, Bobby. Wonderful to have you coming here from the Solomons and producer and presenter on the National Broadcasting Corporation for PNG based in Bougainville, Lewis Ann Laris. Thank you, Lewis Ann. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Bobby. It's been great co hosting with you as well. Lovely. Uh, thanks for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back again next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. Thanks for joining us. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.